Hey, welcome to the Rookie Homesteader Podcast. My name is Ross Landry, and I'm a beginner getting into homesteading. In these episodes, I try to give quick updates on how things are going as I get into homesteading with no experience. I'm working on getting some experience, which is the focus of today's episode. I was up in New Hampshire visiting my friend's homestead this past week, which was a great experience. So I'll talk a bit about that today and also mention some plans I've got for the summer. All right, it is July 6th, 2022. So it's been a little over a month since I recorded an episode for this podcast. And I've made a couple strides in the right direction since then. Um, quick equipment update, my electrical system is wired up. So like I said, I had to order a couple little accessories to just finish wiring that up. Really was no big deal. So just you know, gave it a shot. Didn't have a couple things I needed. Mail ordered a few little accessories and then finished wiring it up. So, so that really wasn't too bad. I still haven't tested out using the actual solar panels, but there's really nothing to that. I've used solar panels in the past. Um, well, really just one time, which is on my sailboat. I had a solar panel wired up, but it's really, there's nothing to it. It's just, I just got to plug it in. So uh, I don't feel like that really needs a ton of testing. I don't have any concern that that won't work how I expect it to. I mean, you never know, knock on wood, but uh, I think that should be fine. So I'm feeling pretty good about my electrical system being wired up. Uh, but more importantly, since the last episode, I actually visited a homestead and camped out there for a week. So that was a good chance to test some of my gear and more importantly, get some hands-on practice at the homesteading chores, you know? So I volunteered as much as I could, helping out with chores around the homestead, asked a ton of questions and really feel good. Like I got a lot out of it and just feel good mentally and physically too from the recharging effect of being out in nature. So to set the scene of what it was like up there, let me describe my first night there. I drove up pretty late to avoid traffic in Boston. I was driving up from Providence, Rhode Island. So I took off around 8 p.m., something like that from Providence, uh, hoping to avoid traffic in Boston, which worked out well. Stopped in Manchester, New Hampshire for a bite to eat and then finished driving up and got in around 1 a.m., I guess. So it was later than I expected. I thought I would get in around midnight. And I think that the difference from my expectation versus what actually happened is just that I stayed in Manchester longer than I planned. So I think when I figured I'd get there at midnight, I was gonna just stop at a drive-through or something for food and I ended up having a proper dinner in Manchester. So that's probably why I got in at one. But anyway, I get in at one and my friends are asleep in their yurt, but they had told me where to park and what to do and that there was a like a platform, like a deck where I could set up my tent. So before I even set up my tent, even though it's late, I just noticed the stars were out like crazy. The light pollution, there's way less light pollution there. No big surprise, right? But uh, I kind of wasn't thinking about that, that I was gonna see more stars that night and it just happened to be a really clear sky and with that good darkness of, of being in a rural area in the mountains it was awesome I could see tons of stars and uh, where that deck platform was where I was supposed to set up my tent for the first night there uh, that's like the vegetable garden or not vegetable garden but the the flower garden sort of uh, for the pollinators so it's near where they keep the bees and they've got some 
flowers there that are, are good for the pollinators. And, uh, you know, I learned that the next day, but I could just kind of tell I was in a garden at that point and near the greenhouse too. So already I was, I was really digging it, just seeing all the mulch and the greenhouse and the bees. And like, I just kind of knew like, oh wow, I'm on a homestead. So that was kind of exciting right off the bat to see the stars, to kind of take in the atmosphere a little bit. Uh, at that point, I'm not even at where they actually live, which is further down the driveway. I'm kind of closer out to the road. So I just stumbled around the garden a little bit and set up my tent that night. Um, didn't end up sleeping on the tent platform because I didn't wasn't able to stake in my tent on the tent platform. So I just actually uh, pitched my tent on the mulch right on the side of the platform and that worked out fine. So that was my first night. And then the next day I got the tour and uh, I saw where I was gonna be camped out for the week, which is in their orchard. So not a huge property, it's about four acres, but it's cool, they have at least four distinct areas. They've got their yurt site, which also has their chickens, a couple vegetable gardens, a picnic table on a small deck, um, woodshed. So in permaculture terms, I think you'd call that a zone one. You know, that's that's where they live. And even though they visit every part of their property every day, pretty much, that's sort of the hub at the center, you could say. Um, not geographically the center, but sort of, that's where they spend the most time since they sleep there, the chickens are there, you know. So that's that's kind of what I would think of probably as zone one. And then um, if you go down the hill in one direction, you've got the little orchard area, which is maybe maybe a half acre cleared. Well, it's less than half an acre cleared, but the kind of the area that I thought of as the orchard was probably about a half acre of their land. And uh, that was sort of in more of a low spot on the property. So there was a path from the orchard back out to that garden where I was the first night. And then on the other side, there's the driveway that goes up to the house site. And it all it all connects. There's You can kind of walk in any direction and get to the different zones. So there's closer to the road, there was the vegetable garden on one side of the driveway, flower garden and the bees on the other side of the driveway. And then when you go up the driveway, there's the house site, or it's a yurt, but the, the home site, let's say. There's the home site, the chickens, the woodshed, picnic table, and, and a little fire pit. And then if you go down the hill a little bit from the home site, off in another direction, then there's that clearing where they have some fruit trees planted, including some old apple trees that were already planted before they bought the property, and then some younger fruit trees that they planted. So it's pretty quintessential little homestead. And if you can't tell from that brief description, I really like it. <laughs> so I'll just say that explicitly. I thought it was a super cool place, or is, I should say, a really cool place. And I just like being there. I like the way it looked. I like the chores. Um, I always feel obligated to give these disclaimers like, well, I don't really know what it'd be like to do that for a long time or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, as far as I can tell, it's right up my alley. I I like that lifestyle. So yeah, I'm into it. And um, I was really impressed with my friends. I think they're absolutely crushing it. They're relatively new to that lifestyle. They've been living, I'd say, a rugged, outdoorsy lifestyle for years because uh, they were traveling and camping a lot and into rock climbing and stuff like that. But 
Uh, it's been a couple of years that they've been sort of settled down on this piece of land and really focused on cultivating food, uh, raising animals, just uh, the chickens and bees, as far as I can tell. Um, and they've got three dogs. So, so yeah, like I said, they, they sort of were already, um, I think, living a lifestyle that was sort of conducive to getting into homesteading beforehand. Um, but they've been really at it for about three years. So, like I said, really impressed with um, what they're doing, especially at this early stage in the whole process of, of creating a homestead. And uh, it was cool to just see sort of where they're at now and also get the backstory of what they did first and then kind of how it evolved, you know? So from basic things to like putting in a driveway and then how did you clear out the trees that were there, you know, for the part that's cleared? Uh, what kind of equipment did you use? Uh, stuff like that. So uh, yeah, just sort of getting a picture of, of how you start from a totally raw piece of land and making it somewhere that's habitable and kind of see the evolution of, well, you know, you start out in the tent and then they got a yurt and then they moved into the yurt and then they had wood under tarps and uh, now they've built a woodshed and, you know, just the evolution of sort of starting out, I would say really uncomfortable. They didn't use that word, but I would think probably the first year was, was really rough. And then you're gradually setting yourself up to be more and more comfortable in the homestead by building structures that help you out, like the woodshed or uh, building a little outhouse for their composting toilet, getting a water heater for their shower. You know, they have an indoor shower and they heat the water with propane. So just little stuff like that is, um, is cool, I think, to see just the evolution of like making things better for yourself over time, you know, and uh, I admire the sort of tenacity that it's required to get through that initial stage where you're just like clearing out the land and sleeping in a tent for weeks at a time. You know, I think I could do that and, and uh, we'll find out, but uh, it's great to see other people that have actually done it and, uh, you know, give them a lot of credit for what they've done. So I'm proud to say that I helped out with a couple projects that sort of did make things incrementally better on the homestead. The main thing that we accomplished, I'd say, was the building a little partition in their woodshed so that it you can better separate the green firewood that needs to dry out a while longer from the more dry seasoned firewood. So uh, they've got one woodshed and it's pretty big. I think it fits about six cords. And now with that partition, you could have the the more dry side with three cords and then the green side with three cords and rotate that every season. So, uh, so yeah, that, that felt good. Um, because without that partition, it was, they were kind of going to be in an awkward position of, uh, like rotating the dry wood to the front of the woodshed. So, so it was satisfying to, uh, move some wood around, build that partition as a group and, uh, and then move the wood back into place. And then a couple of days after we built that partition, uh, Jillian was splitting more green firewood and we put that on where it goes. Or well, she did, she was stacking that while I was working. Uh, I stacked plenty of the dry firewood, but uh, but anyway, yeah, it was, everyone was just kind of pitching in on that project and just in general working on the homestead. Um, I'd say uh, watering the vegetable garden was one of the main chores that was like, consistent. Um, we did a bunch of random little things throughout the week while I was there, but 
kind of the one thing that was pretty constant was just every evening you've got to water the vegetable garden um, not everything needs to be watered every day the youngest plants needed to be watered more because their roots aren't as developed and also they uh, don't have as much mulch covering the soil because they are just too delicate at that stage when they're young like that so uh, so this, the soil dries out a lot faster because it's just exposed to the sun so little stuff like that that I picked up throughout the week was was really helpful just getting a better understanding of when you put mulch down and the benefit I think I already knew that you put mulch down to protect the to retain moisture in the soil but uh, I'm not sure I might not have known that that was kind of one of the main benefits of mulch I think I thought of it mainly as a thing to keep weeds down which I think also is a valid reason that people like mulch um, they I guess had used uh, a black plastic cover for those purposes uh, in a previous season and now they're using mulch, so, which they feel good about because it's not, you know, you just, you don't really want plastic in the garden if you can avoid it. So, um, so that's cool that they're using organic mulch now. They use um, some hay on some of the smaller plants that are a little more delicate. And then they've got wood chips that they use as mulch once the plants are a little more established and you're not worried about beating up the, the plants and, and being too hard on them with that heavier mulch. So yeah, it was really interesting to see that all in practice, uh, really wide variety of stuff that they've got planted there, a mix of annuals and perennials. I'm not even going to try to like, list all the things that they're growing. Um, there's just too many, but um, we did plant, let me think if I can remember what we planted, we planted radishes and carrots, I want to say, while I was there. Um, so yeah, I got to see different plants at various stages from the ones that were just kind of sprouting and need to be watered every day to the vegetables that were more mature and kind of were just um, more low maintenance because the mulch was already down and they were already sort of off to the races and then seed, you know, planting seed. So, so yeah, really, really happy to get that experience. Uh, I think I mentioned this already, but I asked a million questions and uh, that was helpful too. You know, I think one of my greatest strengths at getting into new things is that I'm not afraid to be embarrassed. And I recommend that to anyone else that's learning new stuff. Um, don't don't be afraid to embarrass yourself with dumb questions. You'll you'll learn more if you're not shy about looking stupid. So, uh, you know, I I've mentioned this before on the show, but I think learning how to get learning about sailing and and boat ownership last season last summer uh, really was a good warm-up for this um, it's it's a similar process even they're even though they're totally different domains uh, learning something that you don't know much about there's a lot of commonality and asking stupid questions is probably one of the most important things I think that's that's helped me uh, learn Spanish learn how to sail and now hopefully learn how to be a good homesteader so I just paused the recording to try to think of a good example of a dumb question I asked this past week, and I couldn't remember any of them, although I know I asked a bunch of stupid questions, but I did remember a stupid question I asked a few weeks prior, so I've got to say at least one stupid question. I think I owe that to the listener, so uh, I'll give you one that I, I dropped, a stupid question I asked uh, on a different farm a few weeks back. I said, uh, we were talking about mulch, and or not mulch not mulch uh 
hay. And they said something about haying the field. And I asked them if that would meant putting hay down on the field as like fertilizer or something is kind of what I was thinking. And they're like, oh no, that means making hay as in cutting it down. There's a machine that cuts it and puts it into bales. And then we store that in our barn for the winter. And I said, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then I asked a follow-up dumb question, which was, so is hay basically just tall grass? And that's true actually, so I was right. But uh, I mean, that must seem so obvious to anyone that's ever been around a farm, but I just haven't growing up. So I didn't realize that. I mean, if someone had put a gun to my head and said, what's hay? I might've guessed tall grass, but I really didn't know for sure what hay actually was. So, you know, it is what it is. So you have to ask those questions I'm going to try to keep asking them. And I definitely did ask some equally stupid questions of my friends, Ed and Jillian, while I was in their homestead. Uh, although I can't remember any good examples right now of stuff like that that I was asking them about. But uh, yeah, no regrets. All right. One more quick update on my equipment. I really don't want to talk about this too much because I've already droned on about my satellite, my batteries, and my solar panels kind of a lot in recent episodes. But I'll just say that my big tent that I bought as my mobile office worked out really well. So I'm happy with that so far. What I did was I sent up my, I set up my big tent as my office and I set up my little backpacking tent to sleep in so that I wasn't sleeping where I work. I think it's important to keep those spaces separate. So, so yeah, I set up my little backpacking tent and only have my sleeping bag in there. And then in my big work office tent i it's tall enough that i could stand up and stretch Uh, i had a cooler in there with some water and snacks i would sit on the cooler because i don't i didn't bring a a folding chair i'd probably want to pick up one of those soon but it worked out all right so i sat on the cooler i just kept my laptop on my actual lap which that's not ideal either so i'd probably want to pick up a folding table as well so i think on my shopping list in the near future will be uh, a folding table and one of those folding camp chairs that go in a bag um, but yeah, the, my power situation worked out well. Uh, as I mentioned, I didn't hook up the solar panels just cause I didn't need to. I had enough electricity in that battery to last me the week because I wasn't using my satellite. So I still haven't tested my satellite in a real life off grid situation or the solar panels, but I'm really not worried about either of those. I, I think those are, I don't know. I don't want to jinx myself here, but I think that's pretty straightforward. So I actually canceled my satellite service just to save money until I really need it. So that saves me 110 bucks a month. And uh, I just worked off of my cell phone mobile hotspot. So if you're wondering why I didn't just do that in the first place, it's because you get much faster speeds with the satellite. And also I absolutely chewed through my monthly allowance for data usage. So. Um, I think I used almost 10 gigabytes of data in four days of working online using my mobile hotspot. So if I were to be somewhere for longer than a week, uh, I probably just would run out of data if I tried to use a mobile hotspot the whole time. The other thing is that you need to have good cell phone reception. Fortunately, their homestead does have good cell phone reception, so I was able to do that. But I think in a lot of rural areas, I just wouldn't be able to get good enough cell phone reception to work off a mobile hotspot. So that's the reason that I wanted to get the satellite internet thing set up. All right, I think that's kind of all I'm gonna say about gear for now. Uh, I did just buy a grafting knife, so I'm looking forward to getting that in the mail. 
Um, yeah, enough about gear for now. All right, thanks for listening. Oh, oh, oh my plans for the summer. Um, before I wrap up this episode, I'll just mention that I am doing a permaculture design class in August. It's 10 days on an established homestead in Vermont. The teacher of the class and the owner of the homestead is Ben Falk. He's one of my favorite authors. He wrote The Resilient Farm and Homestead, amazing book. So when I found out that he teaches an annual permaculture class, I signed up in February and now that it's coming up pretty soon. So in about a month, I'll be doing that. Over the next month, I'll be getting ready for that, reading some of the recommended uh, prep materials. He recommends uh, reading and certain uh, YouTube videos and stuff to watch to just get ready for the class. So I'll be doing a lot of that. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So wish me luck getting ready for that class. Maybe I'll post an episode beforehand, uh, but more likely I'll do another installment of the Rookie Homesteader podcast afterwards. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later.